chapter. Uh, by discussing the dangers of sense gratification and the bondage thereby, and then also mention something that's really binding too, which is anger and resentment and vengeful feelings and from being mistreated by others is the most difficult thing to tolerate. And so Uddhava um, was asked about this now. Yeah, it's really hard to do the beginning of this uh, chapter. Uh, 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 and Krishna said, uh, says, for disciple of Brihaspati, there is virtually no saintly man in this world capable of resettling his own mind after it has been disturbed by the insulting words of uncivilized men. Sharp arrows which pierce one's chest and reach the heart do not cause as much suffering as the arrows of harsh, insulting, wor- insulting words that become lodged within the heart when spoken by uncivilized men. Asatam. My dear Uddhava, in this regard, a most pious story, Mahapunyam Itihasam, a most pious story is told, history, Itihasam, a story of history. And I shall now describe it to you. Please listen with careful attention. And then in text 5, he begins the narration. Once a certain sannyasi was insulted in many ways by impious men, however, here. With, with determination, he remembered that he was suffering the fruits of his own previous karma. I will narrate to you his story and that which he spoke. So that's his introduction. And then in text 6, it begins in the country of Avanti, he said his kingdom of Ujjain. There once lived a certain brahmana who was very rich and gifted with all opulences and who was engaged in the occupation of commerce. But he was a miserly person, lusty, greedy, and very prone to anger. In his home, devoid of religiosity and lawful sense gratification, the family members and guests were never properly respected, even with words. He would not even allow sufficient gratification for his own body at the suitable times. Since he was so hard-hearted and miserly, his sons, in-laws, wife, daughters, and servants began to feel inimical toward him. Becoming disgusted, they would never treat him with affection. So now we are at text 9, and it gets worse. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Nine goes like this. Jaivam Yaksha Vittasya Chittasyo Bhaya Lokataha Dharma Kama Vinihasya Chukrudhu Panshabhaginaha In this way, the presiding deities of the five the five family sacrifices became angry at the Brahmana, who being niggardly, which means stingy, probably it's too much like the N-word to be used anymore, but it's, it has nothing to do with niggardly, stingy, guarded his wealth like a yaksha, who had no good destination, either in this world or the next, 
and who was totally deprived of religiosity and sense enjoyment. Yaksya <laughs> Vitasya. Uh, so, Tasya Evam, uh, uh, Evam in this way, uh, uh, that person who was Yaksya Vitasya, Yaksya Vita, uh, who simply kept his wealth without spending it like the Yakshas who guarded the treasury of Kuvera. You remember, Dhruva Maharaj fights with the mystical yakshas, uh, who are the attendants on, on Kuvera, and so they they guarded his hordes of stashed up treasures in the mountains, and so he had this the yaksha vitta, the occupation of a yaksha. This is describing a, a, a miser. Uh, so this, uh, uh, and uh, then it goes on to say, he was Chitasya Ubaya Lokataha. Had no good destination in the two worlds, meaning this life and the next. His present life is miserable, and his future life also miserable. <laughs> <laughs> that's his nature here. Uh, because he was lacking in dharma and kama. Uh, dharma, artha, uh, you know, uh, dharma, artha, kama, moksha is the usual sequence. We put those in the, the, the five, four ends of life. Dharma, one uh, performs religious activities, artha for wealth, so that there will be kama, sense gratification, and then when you get disgusted, moksha, uh, with that. He lacked, but here, there was no dharma. Uh, it started out, maybe he was doing them, but uh, as we'll see, he actually becomes, he's called later on a Brahma Bandhu, uh, uh, a Brahmana in name only. Uh, and so there was the Dharma and no Dharma and then no sense gratification either because a miser won't spend the money neither on the gods nor on himself, nor on anybody else. He just keeps it. Uh, so therefore, he, he and uh, so therefore, what happens, it says here at the end, uh, uh, Chukudu, uh, well, this is maybe another mistake here. In, uh, in, uh, yeah, Chukudu, uh, they became angry, the uh, Panchabhagina the deities of the five prescribed householder sacrifices, the, well, you know, those who have a share in those sacrifices. This is the, the five sacrifices here. It's uh, not explained in the text, but Vishnachakavari Thakur says, Pancha Bhaginaha means the deities of the five sacrifices. So this is the... Uh, Panchamaha Yagna, these five sacrifices that are incumbent at least upon Brahmanas and maybe Kshatriyas too, because Krishna and Dwarkas uh, does them too. In other words, if you're, if you're a Brahmana, you do them yourself, 
if you're a Kshatriya or even a wealthy Vaishya, you hire Brahmanas to do them for you. Uh, so these are the, the they consist Brahma Yajna, Deva Yajna, Pita Yajna, Ni Yajna, Bhuta Yajna. These are uh, Brahma Yajna, Brahma here means the Vedas, so the recitation or the study of the Vedas. These are the five things that everybody has to do, I mean, Brahmins especially. Uh, Deva Yajna, worship of the Devas. Generally in the home, there's a sacrificial fire that's kept burning, and every day there's a homa, you know, fire sacrifice to the Davis. Pitta Yajna, the sacrifice at the appropriate time to the Pittas, the the, the ancestors, the forefathers. Nri Yajna, Nri means a human being, so the sacrifice, feeding humans, usually this means uh, 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 Atiti, uh, the the guests who come, uh, even if they're not invited, they just show up, you feed them. Uh, so feeding humans, Prabhupada once mentions that uh, actually before you eat, you're supposed to go out in the streets and say, is anyone hungry? Before you eat. Uh, so that's for the Nriyajna, feeding human beings or waiting on guests. And then Bhuti Yajna, feeding other living entities, offering a share of your food to other living entities in general. Uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, what, what you do when you do this, um, according to the dictionary, <laughs> this is, this, this is uh, um, uh, the, the, uh, what you do, uh, the Bhuta Yajna, is it says in the, before the daily meal, you, you arrange a portion of food in a circle or you throw them in the air outside the house. Uh, you know, some so other living entities can be uh, uh, fed. Uh, uh, so th- these, are the, these are the obligatory pancha. Prabhupada calls them uh, um, uh, uh, well, in Bhagavatam, it's 10.69.24, when Narada is visiting Krishna's palaces in Dwarka, uh, it says it says there in one place the Lord was offering oblations into the sacrificial fires, in another worshiping through the five Mahayajnas, in another feeding Brahmanas, and yet another eating a remnants of food left for Brahmanas. Brahmanas. Uh, and Prabhupada comments. In another palace, Krishna was found performing the Pancha Yajna sacrifice. So there are actually five of them, which is compulsory for a householder. This Yajna is also known as Pancha Suna. So Suna, the word Suna means killing or injuring or hurting. Uh, And so Prabhupada says that, uh, I won't read the whole thing, but when you're living in a house, you're killing many, there's germs, worms, swatting the flies. If you're riding a chariot or a car, your bugs are being squashed on your windshield. You know, you're killing. 
So all these times you're 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 killing various living. So you just can't even breathe without killing something. So also it says this panchasuna it, it makes up for all these different conscious or unconscious acts of destruction. You can't put a plow into the ground. Even you know something as even a vegetarian is is uh, uh, so. Uh, and, and in the Veda-based glossary, when they say Panchamahajajna, uh, the five daily sacrifices performed by householders to become free from unintentional sins. So what you had was a problem here with, uh, with these, these the, the, the Panchabhagina, the five deities of, who preside over these sacrifices. They became angry at, his, at him uh, Chukruda. Here's another mistake in the database here. <laughs> the market to tell them about it. Anyway, uh, so uh, uh, so now it, it goes on uh, to discuss. So now th- this is where things happen. So now he's neglected the basic. Things of his, well, he has a brahmana. He should have been doing these things, but um, uh, then uh, an interesting verse for uh, for interesting. For, uh, uh, so the next he says, "Tadavajana vishvasta punyaskandasya bhurita artopya gacchanidhanam bhavasya sa." Parishramaha. Mm-hmm. Oh, magnanimous Uddhava. This is Burida. He addresses him as Burida. Oh, magnanimous Uddhava. By his neglect of these demigods, he depleted his stock of piety and all his wealth. The accumulation of his repeated exhaustive endeavors was totally lost. This is what happens, right? Uh, uh, because of his neglect of tat, uh, uh the neglect of those devatas, avadhyaya means disregard, disregard, disrespect, actually, because of disrespect of those uh, deities. The, the, uh, Vishrasta Punya Skandasya uh, his Punya his, his you can say his his depleted stock of piety uh, so he had from his previous birth to be wealthy and all those things was a stock of piety but now he was not adding to it and now it's exhausted, and his wealth uh, is gone. Artha, his wealth, is gone. Agatshat uh, Nidanam, destroyed. And Bahu Asyasa means work, endeavor, labor, Parishamaha. Uh, this uh, wealth which he had gained 
with, you can say two things. Uh, here is translated, the accumulated of his repeated exhaustive endeavors was totally lost. Uh, or you can just say it's that wealth which was gained by much endeavor and hard work, ayasa and parishama. Parishama means very hard labor and endeavor. Or you can say great fatigue. And in the city, working all the time to accumulate that wealth. And now it's gone. Now what's really cool in this verse is when he addresses, Krishna addresses Uddhava as Burida, uh, magnanimous. Much, Burida means actually one who gives much. So he's contrasting Uddhava to, to this Brahmana, who is just the opposite of Burida. Uh, uh, kind of a nice touch there. Uh, so then, Snato Jagrihu Kinchit Kinchit Dasyava Uddava Daivata Kalata Kinchit Brahmabandor Nepartivat. So notice Kinchit, Kinchit, Kinchit is repeated. Uh, uh, the word here is snatayo, uh, the plural of snati, means uh, close relatives. It's not, you know, to know. So those who you know really well are snati, are, are intimate relatives, intimate acquaintances, you can say. Or sometimes it's just paternal uh, relations. But they're, they're, so they're snati. Those who are living with him in his house, anyway, they, they are. Uh, uh, so these relatives, Jagruhu Kinchit, they took away some of it. Somehow, rather, they got their hands on it. <laughs> Somebody stole the key, <laughs> you know, the safe, as I'll come, you know. So. Kinchit Dasyava Uddhava. And some was taken away by thieves. Yeah, they get in there, right? Daivata, kalata, kinshit. And some by providence, uh, and some by uh, uh, time, and some, and then Brahma Bandhu, this is him, Brahma Bandhu, he's the friend of a Brahmana. Right. Prabhupada called a friend of a Brahmana, so-called Brahmana. In the dictionary, uh, the definition is an unworthy or merely nominal Brahmana. And they quote uh, one authority, um, a Brahman who omits his Sanjya devotions. Tri Sanjya, Yashastri Sanjya, means chanting for us at least uh, Gayatri mantras three times a day. So if you don't do that, then you're a Brahmana Bandhu. A Brahman in the name only. Uh, uh, so, and then some by our day man, and uh, Parativa here means a comes from the word meaning earth, but here a lord of the earth, a king, a prince, a warrior. So both you can say ordinary humans and nobles. Nobles meaning those who were government people in those days. So that's what uh, what happened. Now here, how they explain this is a long purport here. 
It appears that even though the so-called Brahmana was determined not to spend his money, his wife and other relatives managed to squeeze out a portion. So they had their ways of getting some. Uh, according to Sridhar Swami, providence here, some by providence, right, where it says uh, uh, daiva, that, that the word is in this case? Yeah, by daiva. Uh, uh, yeah, daiva. Prabhupada translated the Bhagavad Gita, the unseen hand of the Supreme. Uh, so sometimes it means chance, accident. Uh, so here, According to Srila Sridhar Swami, providence here refers to fires in the home and other types of occasional misfortunes. There's a fire, there's a windstorm, there's a flood, you know, what the insurance companies actually call acts of God, although really they're acts of the gods. Leaving that aside, it's Daiva. <laughs> uh, effects of time, Kalata. Uh, here refers to the destruction of agricultural crops through seasonal irregularities and other such occurrences. Uh, then they go on. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur points out that one should not merely proclaim oneself to be a Brahmana, but should actually understand one's original identity as a servant of the Lord. One declaring himself to be a Brahmana but maintaining a materialistic mentality is not a real brahmana, but rather a brahma bandhu or so-called brahmana, nominal brahmana, brahmana in a name only. Uh, the humble devotees of Lord Vishnu following the indications of the Vedic scriptures refer to themselves as unfortunate and unable to understand the kingdom of God. They do not proudly proclaim themselves to be brahmanas, those who are wise, however, know that such humble devotees are actually brahmanas whose hearts are cleansed by the pure mode of goodness. This little take on the brahmana bandhu here. Uh, so anyway, this is, this is his condition. Now, in this verse, his wealth disappears. All of a sudden, it's just, you know, one thing after another. His families grab some, uh, thieves get a hold of some, they're providential acts which takes some up and then the ordinary people manage to get their hand and then the government they come and say you owe back taxes on this you owe back taxes on that they don't mention the banks here but they're the ones that come in and seize everything you know and anyway so he went underwent that kind of misery and so suddenly well here it goes text 12 mm -hmm. Finally, when his property was completely lost, he who never engaged in religiosity or sense enjoyment became ignored by his family members. Thus he began to feel unbearable anxiety. Uh, so then the word for property, uh, 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 this word dravina, uh, here is nashte, uh, it's in the locative case, dravina means, generally it means movable property as opposed to your house and field. So 
whatever that was gone, uh, it was this, or just being substance and goods or money and so on. Uh, so that that's gone. Uh, 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 and he's described here uh, uh, dharma, karma, vivajitata, saha, he, and then vivajitaha, who was devoted of dharma and kama. Second time that's mentioned. No religiosity. He neglected to take care of the devas. And no, even his own sense enjoyment. Uh, uh, so then he became Upekshitas Swaja by his own people, his own Swajana, his own family members, neglected or you can say scorned. Uh, uh, and therefore, Chintam Apa Duraja, he underwent unsurmountable distress, anxiety, Chinta. The word chinta, you know, for thinking, chinta, uh, consciousness, awareness, but chinta by itself often means mental distress or mental agony. Uh, so therefore, he's regarded. Uh, he, 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 he falls into this anxiety. Uh, um, uh, all these things. His property is lost. His family members now don't give a damn about him, and so now he's in like total distress. Uh, uh, I was reminded when uh, studying for this the old Betsy Smith uh, tune from the olden days, the 1920s. Nobody knows you when you're down and out. It's a ragtime blues, and you can listen to it on YouTube <laughs> because it. It's a well-known phenomenon. All your friends, you're spending money, everybody's your pal, and as soon as you're broke, they don't know you. They don't know who you are. So he underwent that. Oh, yeah, I wanted to read here. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a verse, which also, the uh, fifth canto, chapter 14, the forest of enjoyment, telling about the miseries of material life, just in case you need a little reinforcement. <laughs> this topic. Text 12, uh, I'll just read the translation. Due to his pious activities in previous lives, the conditioned soul attains material facilities in this life. But when they are finished, he takes shelter of wealth and riches which cannot help him in this life or the next. Because of this, he approaches the living dead who possess these things. That is, he becomes like uh, the Jivan Mrittan, the walking dead, you know, like the zombies. He becomes, he becomes like that. Such people are compared to impure trees, creepers, and poisonous wells. In this allegory that's in the forest of material German. And Prabhupada remarks here, the wealth and riches acquired through previous pious activities should not be misused for sense gratification. Enjoying them for sense gratification is like enjoying the fruits of a poisonous tree. Such activities will not help the conditioned soul in any way, neither in this life nor in the next. This is, uh, so this is this description here. So this is the same thing. He had these because of his previous pious activities. He neglects performing pious activities. 
he uses up his stock, and now it's like you go to the, 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 the automatic telling, teller machine and you find out your account's empty. Nothing comes out. You withdraw uh, on your previous pious activities. You think, wow, look, I got everything I want, you know, and then boom, one day it's over. And you don't know why. Because you've exhausted this year. So this is his situation here. Uh, and now he's lost everything. And now in text 13, this is where it changes. Tais tasyaivam jayato tirgam nashtarayas tapasvinaha kidyato bashpakantasya nirveda sumahan abhut. Having lost his wealth, he felt great pain and lamentation. His throat choked up tears, and he meditated for a long time on his fortune. Or you can say misfortune. <laughs> then a powerful feeling of renunciation came over him. That's the last pada, nirveda su so, uh, so first it says here, uh, actually, tasyaivam evam jayata dirgam, thus thinking for some long time. So he goes through this period of anguish, anguish. Nastaraya, uh, from his lost wealth, tapasvinaha, he suffers. Kidjanta bashpakantasya. And his tears running down the back of his throat and now he's all choked up. So here, so having gone through all this, uh, so when it says here he meditated for a long time on his fortune, it means his lost wealth, nashtarayas, his fortune he doesn't have anymore. And then this feeling of renunciation uh, uh, came over him. See, this interesting word, nirveda, it shows up a, long, a, uh, a lot. Uh, uh, it means, uh, well, the, the dictionary definition is complete indifference, disregard of worldly objects. It can also mean loathing or disgust. Uh, Prabhupada translates it in 1.13.27 uh, as indifference to material attachment. Mm -hmm. And uh, you find the word a lot in, in the Bhagavatam in uh, 1.19.14 when Maharaj Priksha was cursed by the, the Brahmin boy, this Dvija Shapa. Uh, he regarded that curse as Nirveda Mula the source of the root or the source of, a, of detachment. And he thinks in that verse, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the controller of both the transcendental and mundane worlds, has graciously overtaken me the form of a Brahmana's curse. Due to my being too much attached to family life, the Lord, in order to save me, has appeared before me in such a way that only out of fear I will detach myself from the world. 
So, it, but this word is in the Sanskrit is this nirveda mula. This curse is a is the 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 the, the, the yeah the root of the, the foundation of nirveda detachment. So he welcomes it. He welcomes the curse. He welcomes the misfortune. Um, uh, then when uh, when Devahuti is speaking uh, uh, in 3.24.1, Kadamamuna praises Devahuti for her nirveda vadinam, her speaking words full of renunciation. So that's this word that, that, that shows up there uh, quite frequently. And then... Uh, 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 so here, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, um, in discussing this um, verse, uh, he says, after experiencing and thereby completing the effects of his offenses to others. An old impression arose within him. This is what he says, an old impression. Having lost all wealth and feeling great pain, he became detached. So it's this, uh, so when he went through the effects of his offenses, somehow he, somehow also, uh, by suffering this, he paid some of his, his, uh, Atonement, you might say, forced atonement. And so in the BBT report, they say that Brahmana had previously been trained in pious life, but his past goodness was covered by his offensive behavior. Finally, his previous purity was reawakened within him. So he says, uh, an old impression. So something, so he wasn't completely devoid of any piety. There was this little bit of remnant of piety so that if this because he could have gone the other way he could have just tried to obliterate his suffering with intoxication or suicide or uh, revenge you know usually the plots of so many movies are based on these kind of things where people are out to get even or or fall into to alcoholism or whatever you know so so but his there's a different reaction. And the only reason that different reaction is there is there's some little still stock of, of, of piety. Uh, and so now, uh, we start, uh, uh, now in text 14, he's speaking, or thinking, anyway. This is, you know, if it's for English, it should be in quotation marks. Uh, so from 14 to 30, now you get the re- you get the expression of the remorse and this nirveda of the brahmana. So now this is this is his voice. Sachahi dhammaho kashtam vittama excuse me vittama me nipapitaha. Nadharamaya, Nakamaya, Yasyaratas, Yasyaratayasa, Hiddishaha, 
The Brahmana spoke as follows. Uh, oh, what a great misfortune. I have simply tormented myself uselessly, struggling so hard for money that was not even attended for religiosity or material enjoyment. Well, this is the way it's translated here. Uh, uh, you can, there's two different ways you can read this, actually. They say not intended for. He got the money and he didn't intend to use it for religiosity or material enjoyment. Or it simply was not used that way. It didn't happen. I have simply tormented myself. Well, he says here, Aho uh, kashtam. Aho, aho means, well, old-fashioned English, alas. The, the, the word aho is a, a kind of surprise. Aho, you know, like uh, indicating surprise, either joyful surprise or painful surprise. It can be ah, or oh, or alas, or, or you, for others, bravo, or fi, fi on you. You remember these? So anyway, psha, the Gdichna gives psha. When the last time you heard Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, kashtam. Uh, this aho kashtam shows up a lot in the Bhagavatam. So it's a standard expression. When, when, when Dev is talking to the Pandavas in uh, Bhagavatam 1.9.12, it starts out that, Oh, kastam, oh, what terrible suffering and what terrible injustices. So, oh, kastam, he uses that. And then when, when Bharat Maharaj discovers he's in the body of, realizes he's in the body of the deer, he says, Oh, kastam, oh, what a misfortune, you know. Uh, and then also another place where it shows up when when the uh, when the Vishnu Dutas uh, or, or the the fate of Ajamiya when the when the uh, the Yamadutas are there uh, they and they don't belong they say aho kashtam that you know how unfortunate irreligion is being introduced here so this aho kashtam shows up. It means a bad state of things, an evil or wrong, pain, suffering, trouble, difficulty, all those things. The whole kashtam. So this is a standard kind of exclamation. So this is the thing he says, a whole kashtam. And why uh, 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 I have put myself into uh, uh, atma anu uh, myself into anutapitaha, distress, vitta, uh, in vain, for no, for no good reason, not for the dharma, nor for karma. Uh, I lo- I, the, again, the voice of this word, ayasa, labor, all this work for wealth, but for no purpose whatsoever. So here he's expressing his regret in this way. And I guess maybe we should... Anyway, we've begun his, his uh, soliloquy, you might say it, his uh, thing. And so uh, we'll pick up again uh, with text number...
15 uh, in this wonderfully instructive <laughs> story. Uh, and uh, yes, or he'll speak as realization of his, his mistake. Okay, so now we'll switch over to Q&A modes. Uh, you can type it in if you're on um, my channel, or you can uh, call it in if you're on the uh, best, what is it, star six. If you're on uh, uh, freeconference.com, if you have any questions or comments or observations. Well, that's because we're all stunned by how heavy this is. <laughs> Kendra has a question. He asks, um, how can devotees avoid being miserly? Okay. Being miserly. Um, yeah, you, yeah, we should develop a certain generosity of, of spirit uh, with things. And I, I suppose um, if one is conscious that everything belongs to Krishna, and that by helping somebody, even if it may put me into some difficulty or something like that, being generous, uh, 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 it will be beneficial to me. Uh, so, yeah, the, the miserliness is a strange, uh, strange kind of affliction, uh, actually. Uh, and of course, this is mine. You know, this taking possession of things. So, just the idea that nothing is mine, everything belongs to Krishna. If I have anything that's under my control, it's given to me by Krishna's mercy. I should use it in Krishna's service. That that should that should uh, should uh, diminish that that kind of uh, spirit, uh, so that. Uh, if it's gone, even though you don't have very much, you don't know when your next dime is coming from, useful, and generous. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah. that, that seems to me how, how it uh, just needs to be done, that it's not mine, it's given to me by Krishna. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, the other part of that mentality is I am the doer. If I've, if I've got anything, I did it. I deserve it. It belongs to me, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Okay, here's a question um, by Dawn. Okay, your wife has a question. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier on, um, it's saying how he was part of his miserliness was that even towards his family, which I assume at some point included little kids and everything, um, he didn't um, 
use anything for sense gratification, even up, it said, up to the allowed amount, you know. Mm-hmm. But then later it was uh, seemed to indicate that nothing should be used in sense gratification. So it's just a matter of degree depending on the situation in the family or whatever, or, you know, the, how old the children are, whether they're well, there's, a, there's a certain amount of sense gratification that's allowed. Uh, when Prabhupada has asked how much sense gratification should we have enough to maintain a healthy life. Uh, and what is, Prabhupada mentioned this in connection with the fact that he put in indoor toilets in Mayapur and got some criticism that mm-hmm. the Western disciples were not going to the fields to pass stool with a little loka. Uh, in the traditional Vedic way, and he just said it is just too difficult. He's just not used to it. So he considered that, even though indoor plumbing may have taken many people the height of luxury, uh, to the Western disciples, it was actually pretty austere compared to your conventional Western bathroom. <laughs> actually, like there was no hot water in the showers or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So, so, but it's different from different people. Mm-hmm. So he apparently deprived everybody of what they had a legitimate share. He, the reason he wasn't performing sacrifices is they cost money too. Mm. So the the, the, the the five yajnas were not being performed. Also, so he was he was not giving the, what's legitimately due to the devas nor to his family members, nor even to himself. That's, that's a miser. He doesn't really greedy for wealth, but then hoards it. And it's forgotten what it's for. It's just for the, I guess the idea that I have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Well, we used to also hear so much about how not to use the human form of life for for, for uh, spiritual life is miserly too, just miserly. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. But that doesn't mean you know that that you should you know, uh, torture the body unnecessarily or, or these. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Except what's favorable for Krishna consciousness, and it means unfavorable when you don't. Okay. Thank you. Ratna Bhushana Bhushana Prabhu asks, kindly accept my humble obeisance. Could you please clarify the following passage where Srila Prabhupada discusses the offering of obeisance in Srimad Bhagavatam 4.322? Ultimately, do we offer the respect to the Vaishnava or the Super Soul? 4.322 up on my screen. I'll get it though. Just a second. Oops, it's a little slow. 
Well, I can just walk over and get the book. Oh, here, wait a minute. I, I got it now. Oh, so this who's speaking this? Lord Shiva. Uh, my dear young wife, certainly friends and relatives offer mutual greetings by standing up, welcoming one another. Uh, in other words, when you, you can stand up to greet somebody uh, as a matter of respect. Uh, prasrayana, welcoming other. Abhivandanam, offering obeisances. For those who are elevated to the transcendental platform, being intelligent, offer such respects to the super soul who is sitting within the body, not to the person who identifies with the body. Uh, so the purport here, uh, it may be argued that since Daksha was the father-in-law of Lord Shiva, it was certainly the duty of Lord Shiva to offer him respect. As to that argument, it is explained here that when a learned person stands up or offers obeisances and welcome, he offers respect to the super soul who is sitting within everyone's heart. It is seen, therefore, among Vaishnavas that even when a disciple offers obeisances to his spiritual master, the spiritual master immediately returns the obeisances because they are mutually offered not to the body but to the super soul. So that's true, even like this will or mentally uh, uh, therefore the spiritual master also offers respect to the super soul situated in the body of the disciple uh, when a disciple offers respect to the spiritual master because he's a representative of the super soul and, uh, generally when we see any jiva, we see the super soul. We just don't see a jiva by itself in the body. We see the jiva and the super soul. Uh, the Lord says in Srimad Bhagavatam that offering respects to his devotee is more valuable than offering respects to him. Devotees do not identify with the body, so an offering respect to a Vaishnava means offering respect to Vishnu because they are somebody who always offer respect to Vishnu who is in their heart, so you're doing the same thing. Uh, it is also state also that as a matter of etiquette, as soon as one sees a Vaishnava, one must immediately offer him respect, indicating the super soul sitting within. A Vaishnava sees the body as a temple of Vishnu. Like when you go to Puri, as soon as you see the chakra, you offer obeisances. You don't see the deity, but you offer obeisances to the chakra or the... Uh, the temple is the same as offering obeisances to the deity. Since Lord Shiva had already offered respects to the super soul in Krishna consciousness, offering respect to Daksha, who identified with his body, was already performed. There is no need to offer respect to his body, for that is not directed by any Vedic injunction. So that's why he, did. uh, he didn't externally offer obeisances, but he understood who Daksha was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's 
that's my understanding. What else? Is that okay? Or is there some doubt about this? No? Okay. It says the confusion came due to the mantra we use, Bancha Kalpa. Hmm. Well, we offer the mantra to the, to, to the, but if it's, if it's to the devotee, seeing the devotee as someone who's in relationship with Krishna, then that's a way of offering obeisances to Krishna. You don't separate the devotee. From, from the Lord. Uh, and we know that uh, Krishna would like you to do it. So Krishna is in, uh, like for a Vaishnava, uh, when there's a relationship with another person, there's always three. There's, uh, there's myself, there's the other person, and then there's the super soul whom we have in common. We're both, I, I am not part and parcel of another jiva, both of us are part and parcel of Krishna. So there's never just a dyad. There's always a triad, at least that. And so we are always aware of that. Uh, of that. And a Vaishnava means, I mean, the name Vaishnava means, you know, servant of, next to, related to Vishnu. Uh, that's the meaning of the word. word so so that practically there's no difference uh, uh, in, in, in that sense. So a Vaishnava means one who reminds you of Vishnu. That, 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 that's what it means. So, uh, uh, yeah, so it's not neglecting the Vaishnava. It's just recognizing what a Vaishnava is. One who shows you, reveals, uh, carries around a Vishnu. I mean, everybody does, and it? In one sense, of course, even e, 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 even even the ant crawling on the thing is a Vaishnava, but they're in such a state of ignorance they don't know anything about it. And some humans are like that. So maybe, maybe you treat them a little differently. I mean, Prabhupada told us that actually we should also offer obeisances to our parents. <laughs> People used to do that in the early days, but it freaked the parents out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, you know, by the way, parents are natural representatives of God, and uh, so they, 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 there are problems in life because those people, as mentioned, the teacher. The, the 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 king or the government, the 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 elder relatives, uh, all these people and authorities are actually natural representatives of Vishnu. But because those who are the natural representatives of God are not, there's where all the problems of the world. Those people who are natural representatives of God actually representing God, no problem much minimized anyway. 
Brother Bhushan says, ah, I see it's seeing the devotee in relation to Krishna. Thank you very much. We should not entertain a separatistic outlook. Correct. Okay. So what do we uh, not next Two weeks, we skip next week again because, and the two weeks are passing. And then, what date is that? Do you know offhand? Sunday after John Sunday after John So we'll pick up again on the. Oops, I have the wrong thing here. On the twenty-fourth of August. Don't forget what happened. You can pick up with the narrative right away. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Shubhad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.